This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Curamore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Curamore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. All right, guys, welcome back. You are hearing Patrick's voice first. Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) that's right uh here with michael of course and our guest today duncan our very very dear friend and church planter and prayer warrior and disciple maker and we're pumped that you're here dude well thank you so uh first of all just so that you know we kind of know but if you could just viewers listeners let them know uh like a bit about your journey in prayer which is kind of your testimony you know but if you could just let everybody know, like, where are you coming from? How'd you end up here on a prayer podcast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, someone threw headphones at me, yeah. and here I am. <laughs> so tell us a bit about your prayer journey. Sure. So, I, I mean, I didn't grow up in the church at all, so prayer was a pretty just mm. fascinating idea at all. I, I didn't think about prayer at all because I wasn't Christian, or I didn't, I believed there was a God um, and I, I remember thinking that maybe I could communicate with him even at a young age or something like that, but had no foundation or teaching to be able to truly understand that. And so I ended up giving my life to Jesus when I was 20 through a, a, all kinds of events that took place in my life, a, a demon-possessed girl, and my brother, my identical twin, actually gave his life to Jesus, and I had heard the gospel because I ended up going to a church service with one of my ex-girlfriends, and and there was a a guy who practiced Islam, and he came to this random church service that I ended up showing to. And, so a yeah. demon possessed girl and a guy who practiced Islam led yeah. you to Christ. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we are. Um, Here we are. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I know this is. No. Keep of, going. Keep going. It's awesome. Keep going. <laughs> and so when I heard this guy share the gospel, I, it the presence of the Holy Spirit really just poured himself out on me. I felt him in a really tangible way, mm. um, and I didn't have any kind of knowledge of what that was. I was just at a Montgomery Cowboy Church, and wow. I grew up in Magnolia out in the woods, and so I just really experienced the love of God and started crying, and my girlfriend and her family are looking at me strange, mm. and uh, I just really believed that Jesus was who he said he was. Uh, that was when I was 17, and so Fast forward, demon-possessed girl, and some other things. It took about two years to truly understand that um, repentance was a necessary part of following Jesus. Mm. And my brother was the one to really share that part of the message with me in a stronger way. Uh, And he's like, Duncan, I know you believe in Jesus, but you never actually gave your life to him and and turned from your sin and started pursuing him. And so I had been waiting for some of my friends to actually tell me that. Uh, that I had known that they knew Jesus, but they were they were just too shy or too too afraid to actually tell me the truth. Mm. And when my brother told me, I was the Holy Spirit agreed within me and was wow. saying, "No, he's right. You need to you need to surrender your life and follow Jesus." Wow. 
And my brother had um, just really had this radical change in his life. It was his girlfriend, the one that was demon-possessed, and a lady ended up coming over and laying hands on her and commanded it to leave, and the girl goes completely back to normal mm. after speaking in different voices and things. But so my brother was radically changed in that, in that moment on, and he started reading the Bible every single day and, and journaling. And so I watched him go from this really angry person into someone who was just completely different, didn't want to party, mm-hmm. didn't want to drink, wasn't pursuing girls and, and the rest of the things, and I was confused. And so when he asked me to, or really told me that I needed to repent of my sins and, and follow Jesus, the model was, well, you spend time with Jesus every day. You, you read the Word, you journal. And fast forward a few years, um, I ended up going to Woods Edge Community Church in 2015, where uh, Jeff Wells is the lead pastor there. Mm-hmm. And he is, he is maybe just one of the, the cornerstone people that I know about spending time with yeah. Jesus in, yeah. this, in, in spring in the woodlands. Mm-hmm. Un- unhurried time with God, that's what he always calls it. Unhurried time with God. Yeah. He even wrote a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to read that, it's a good book. Yeah. And so he, they, they started a prayer service. They have a staff prayer service. He talks about spending time with God in an unhurried way. It's like his mantra. And so my brother modeled it pretty well. He was going to the church. I'm sure that's where he ended up um, hearing about spending unhurried time with God. And I just remember Jeff on stage one day preaching a sermon on just a regular Sunday morning, and he said, he's, he, he starts saying, he's holding his Bible above his head, and he's, he's beating pretty loud, and he's like, and if you want to survive then you need to hang on to this book like you're dangling from a cliff by one hand and you're going to fall a thousand feet to your death. Wow. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I was also, I was still, I was still <clears throat> tempted by some of the things of my past, although God radically delivered me out of most of those things, out of sexual morality and alcoholism and, and a, a lot of those things. And, and so I was still tempted by those things. And so... I understood what he was saying is if if I don't if I don't connect with God in a in a meaningful and in a deep way I'm going to go back into the world mm. and I need him I need him he's he's my support and he's he's my foundation and so I need I need to spend time with God and so early on I started spending time with God I think it was either the first year or the se- no the second year I was a Christian I ended up reading uh, the Bible and in a year I did one of those yearly pl- yearly plans mm-hmm. and read the entire Bible and then and was journaling and praying and and just it's been growing uh, ever since in that particular way. Yeah. So, um, kind of there's a lot of things to say in between there. I think, um, but spending time with God has been a priority in in my in my walk with Jesus that I have I have made since the very beginning, and it yeah. has it has not changed. Yeah, even more so. It is just something that I long to do. It's not a. It doesn't feel like a burden. Yeah. yeah. I I think the love of Jesus is something that I just want to experience every single day to get to know Him and and truly feel His affections for me. Yeah. And I found that if I ask Him to show me, He's faithful to do so. Yeah, of course. And so, uh, something that I that I want to do, and and I want other people to be able to, to experience that yeah. as well through prayer right. and spending time in an unhurried way with him. Yeah, that's great. Okay. 
So, okay, so you are, one of the ways that the Lord has gifted you since you came to him, really gave your life to him, is he has gifted you as an evangelist. Mm -hmm. So uh, evangelism is a huge part of your, just your life, your walk with the Lord. You are very much an ambassador, okay? And just for anybody watching or listening, like, this isn't Duncan said, make sure you say these things about me. <laughs> this no. isn't his bullet points, his intro paragraph. Okay, this is me. This is everybody who knows Duncan. You're an evangelist. So in your evangelism, how is prayer like an integral part of that? How is that woven into evangelism? Mm. Man, well, I think that I, the first thing that comes to my mind is I want to be filled with the power of God. And I want to be filled with the love of God in all things. Second uh, Corinthians five fourteen talks about how Paul talks about how Christ's love is now the thing that is compelling us. Yeah. And so even how I started earlier of spending time with God and wanting to feel His affections for me, I know that when I pray and I spend time with Him and connect with Him, and my cup is overflowing, that it's kind of hard not to want to share that kind of love with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. It's true love. It's real hope that God has given me, and he's given it. He wants to give it to everyone who's with me and around me. And so it's, a, it's, it's, it's really just an overflow from spending time with him, for sure. And I think, second, God, God, through spending time with him in prayer, gives us insight maybe specific circumstances in people's lives that we can yeah. reach them in, mm. in miraculous ways that we would not think of yeah. uh, before. If you weren't stopping and listening. Yeah. Yeah. All through the book of Acts, that's what we see the apostles doing, walking, and, and I guess the early disciples that they gather with them. It's their, they're praying and listening to the Spirit. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite guys, Philip, the evangelist. Yeah. You know, he, he hears God. He goes where he wants them to go. He sees a guy, the Holy Spirit says something, he gets in the cart, interprets a passage, right. shares the gospel, and mm. then leads him in his next steps with Christ. Right. Just boom, 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 right. boom. Right. And if he wasn't in tune with how to listen to the voice of the Lord, what would have Philip been doing? You know? Yeah. 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 He'd, he'd probably still he'd be... still be in Samaria. Just, just hanging out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is incredible because, to your point, at the time, Philip was like an integral leader in the revival that was happening in Samaria. And it would not have occurred to him at all to leave. <laughs> you so, know, something like, so good, right? This is where it's happening. Why would I leave? And the Holy Spirit directs him to go out into this wilderness, you know, like to go out in the middle of nowhere. And then this incredible thing happens. In fact, his teleportation ministry begins. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's he has right. this incredible experience, you know, being led away to another place. So, yeah, to your point, Mike, I, you're an evangelist also. So I know you're just ready to jump in. <laughs> okay, I can feel it. So what What are you Well, thinking? what Duncan said, I'm a deeply practical person. So whenever I think about this, I'm like, okay, here's ways you can do it. Like, yeah, here's yeah. ways you can just do it. Yeah. And so, like, one is, um, and I've seen Duncan do this. I've heard ministries he's would do this, too, is, like, um, using prayer as an icebreaker with people is just really helpful to, like, kind of loose intentions. Yeah. A lot of times I'll use that as the intro to the person and then they start opening up about stuff in their life and then the gospel, I bring the gospel into that. Yeah. So that's a way. Also, Duncan, what you said about insight that the Lord gives. So I have an example of somebody recently and um, 
basically there's somebody that I have a relationship with, I've shared with, they have all the reason about the gospel, but they're Muslim and they're in a tough spot community wise and they just can't really believe it mm-hmm. yet. And so I, I've been asking the Lord for a sign for them. And so the Lord gave me a word for them and that, that was fairly specific. Like a word of knowledge? A word of knowledge. Okay. And I shared it with them and their jaw like hit the floor. They're mm. like, what do I do? Mm. I'm like, dude, Jesus is calling you right now. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. So, and so I talked to him about Luke 14 because he was struggling with all the community ramifications. So mm. he's, he is at the precipice. Yeah. He's like, I know this is true and I need it. Can I sacrifice what it takes? That was really the question. If you're listening, bro, (laughs) jump in. It's worth it. But that's an example of that word of knowledge, like, can come through prayer that will witness to them. There are other ministries that do, like, healing prayer as a a Mm. sign for God's there and reaching people. Um, You know, demon possession, casting out demons. Don't mention that. Second, do you have, like, an example where, like, prayer in one of these sign ways like worked for you well i think one of the things that i was just sitting here thinking about is is i was a kitchen manager at a papacitos for three years three and a half years and i was as much as an evangelist there as i am now in church planning and i was with people for eight hours at a time sometimes 12 hours at a time in the trenches in the trenches uh, (laughs) under the dish pit yeah Uh, (laughs) And it was, it was a wonderful time, but I, I would pray every morning for all the people that I worked with. And so I had, there was about a hundred staff members that would run a Papacitos throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so there was all these opportunities that I knew that God was going to be able to give me to share with in particular people. Yeah. And so I even had, we had an app that would show everyone who was going to be on staff for the day. And so I get to see who I was going to work with, and mm. so I get to pray pray over them and over the schedule, and I get to know their lives and all the different things. And sometimes the Lord would give me specific verses to be able to share with them. But even even if He gave me specific verses, I was sometimes would just use I, I would rephrase them into truth from the Bible without telling them that they're actually Bible verses. Okay, yeah. And so. Because sometimes, I, I mean, we're in, they're, they're 18 to 23-year-olds. They're not going to church. If you've ever seen some uh, some servers in the restaurants, they're normally not the most godly people. <laughs> um, but I saw I saw God do some pretty wonderful things and, and really move. I, one constant thing I was asking him was just to move in their hearts, that yeah. they, would, they would really open up to the gospel. And I would just pray specifically for opportunities. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so in, the, in praying for those opportunities... God would, I, I'd, I'd had a, I had an 18-year-old kid walk up to me one day, and he goes, Duncan, what's the word of the day? Mm. I was like, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. And I got the word of the century for you, man, the, the, the like, word of the millennium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember his name right now. I can see his face. He's like this 5'10", blue-eyed, handsome little 18-year-old dude. And I was like, let me show you something real quick. And I took him, and I ended up just sharing the gospel with him using one of our gospel tools, the three circles. And I was like, this is the most important words that I could have ever shared with you mm-hmm. in your life. Like, there's there's going to be nothing greater that I could ever tell you other than what Jesus has done for you on the cross and that you could have real freedom in him. Yeah. And I just remember um, him, he didn't, he didn't receive the gospel then, but he saw me uh, months later after I had quit working at Papacitos, and he's like, Duncan, I think about what you shared with me every single night wow. before I go to sleep. 
Wow. And I was like, man, I was like, you should, you should trust Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that has to be the Spirit of God. He's just working. Just following him around, yeah. just like, you've got to believe this. Well, and Duncan, I have to tell you, you mentioned praying for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I have never once prayed for an opportunity and God didn't deliver within the day or week. Well, like yeah. not, I cannot think of yeah. one time yeah. when where it's a, it's I said, Lord, please give me an opportunity with this person. Every single time he gives me an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like Colossians 4, Paul says, pray for us that the Lord would open up a door that we could proclaim the mystery of Christ clearly as we ought to. So it's even the, the apostles are going, hey, could you pray for us that the Lord would give us an opportunity, you know, open up a door that we could walk through, that the gospel would be clear. So prayer, a massive help, you know, and power for evangelism. Okay, so you're an evangelist, but the necessary follow-up with evangelism is making a disciple. In fact, we would even probably agree that disciple-making begins with evangelism. Mm -hmm. As, As soon as you start sharing the gospel with somebody, you're making a disciple. Whether or not they choose to follow you, follow Jesus as a disciple, different story. But but particularly when a person does believe and they become a disciple of Jesus and you begin to disciple them, now how is prayer integrated into that discipleship process for you guys? Hmm. Well, I I pray over... So we're a church of house churches called Shepherd's Way, and and the people who we're discipling, you know, I'm praying for them, hopefully almost daily. I'm writing in my journal, praying, Mm -hmm. praying out loud, but... Um, that's that's definitely a huge part. You know, the the first thing that I think of you know, when a person is, is starting to get closer to Jesus is that they actually don't really know how to fight the lies of the enemy yet, mm. you know. And so they don't, they don't really know the foundation of their identity. They don't know they're loved. Uh, they don't know that they're a new creation, that God calls them righteous. Mm. And so the things that come um, to a new, a new disciple to try to— throw them off course like the the seeds that are planted in the rocks and fall on the path and in the thorns you know I'm praying against those things heavily yeah. like lord would would you make these people produce 30 60 right. and 100 times right. what's sown in their life cuz there's it's like yeah. there is nothing that I can do yeah really other than pray and yeah. and, and then establish them help them uh, find their foundation in the word and be right. able to connect with god right. and then use their own sword Right. To fight the works of the enemy. Right. One yeah. sows, another waters, but it's the Lord who makes it grow. And that, to me, that's the, just what you're saying. It's If we're not praying, then we're not asking the Lord to do what only the Lord can do. That's right. And that matters to Him. That's right. For whatever reason, which we talk about all the time on the podcast, it really matters to the Lord that we pray. It's part of His plan, His design. It matters. So if we're not doing it, then something that the Lord wants is not there. Mm. Something's not happening such as the the power of God doing what only God can do, you know? That's right. That's okay, right. so, <clears throat> of course, you're praying for people. Is there some particularly way, particular way that you're teaching people to pray? There probably is. I don't have... There are tools that we actually have, but on, honestly, I don't really use the prayer tools very often. Mm. Um, the, thing, the thing that I'm still encouraging them the most is to spend time with God daily. Um, but yeah. it, but it's a constant reminder that we're listening to him throughout the entire day. So right. one, one of our one of our core values is devotion. 
And so every single week when, when we do our vision and values at our house churches, we talk about being devoted to God, not meaning that it's just some time in the morning where we're devoted to God and then yeah. the rest of the time we can do whatever we want. Devo. Yeah. <laughs> it's only Devo time. It's like, well, no, it's like we, we connect with God, we listen to him. Maybe he gives us specific instruction for the day. Mm. And then as we're living in connection with God, then we can continue to, to listen to his voice and be obedient to him throughout all of that time. And I think all of that's prayer, you know, to, to yeah. uh, pray, pray constantly is what Paul tells us to do, right? Or um, with pray without ceasing. Right. And, and so that's, that's what I'm trying to model and teach them. And so actually one thing that I like to ask people just kind of on a spur of the moment is, hey, what is God teaching you right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that question. Yeah, right now. So good. Right now. And and if is I and then I if they don't have a really if they don't have an answer for me, it's like could you imagine if if like one of my church planning pastors walked up to me and said, "Hey Duncan, what is God teaching you right now?" And I didn't have an answer. Yeah. It's like that would be kind of awkward, you know. I was like, "But I'm not any better than you." Right. right? It's, it's like just, I'm, I'm the just implication in a relationship is with Jesus. You're probably just not listening very closely. <laughs> right. Uh, like because we have to assume, as you would teach any of your disciples, and we all would, you have to assume the Lord is always teaching, speaking, wanting to grow us. It is this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. That's right. You know, like that's what the scriptures say. So we have to assume He's always trying to teach and grow and lead. So if we don't have an answer, like what is the Lord teaching you right now? It's not a God problem. It's not like God is just, oh, you, right. Oh, I don't, I don't want to teach you anything. <laughs> right. I, I guess there's something else that, you know, we, I'm constantly journaling and praying and, and just throughout the day, even it's not just the morning. Mm. And then, so when, when we do disciple or when I, we're having like specific discipleship time with our, with my friends, my Timothy's maybe you mm. can call them, uh, you know, we're, we're going to pray together and I'm going to yeah. ask them what God's teaching them. And if we can get on the floor together and, mm. and really pray, then we're going to do that too. Yeah, that's good. One of one of my favorite verses in in Psalm five, I think it's Psalm five seven. It says that because of your steadfast love, I entered into your house, and out of fear, and I and I bowed down in fear of you. Mm. And so I like to, you know, it's like, hey, this this is just a representation of of us honoring and revering God together. Let's let's bow down and let's pray. Yeah, God yeah. Together. So that's just, really good, Mike. Anything? Any any thoughts? That was really good. I'm just It is good. I'm just taking that in. You're just basking. Um, <laughs> yeah, discipleship <laughs> is all about doing the life with people. So, yeah. really it's take them on the journey with you as much as you can. Hey, let's let's pray while we're doing this. A lot of it is helping people see an example of I'm always looking for opportunities to pray with people mm -hmm. in my life. Right. So like if we're going to be talking about something and you're telling me, "Oh, I'm really struggling with my boss at work." Hey, can I, that sounds really hard. Can I pray for you? Can I lay hands on you? Can we pray for your boss? Let's yeah. do it right now. Right. Um, saying we're gonna pray right now. Mm -hmm. We're gonna always turn to the Lord every time. Even I'm having a conversation with somebody, I want to see how I can pray with them. Right. Um, so I think that models for people just that pray without ceasing kind of mindset. Of yeah, that's good. Throughout my day, I'm doing this. Right. Um, and then continuing forward. Um, I think it is helpful with people who have grown up in Bible-centric contexts where maybe they're not taught about abiding or intimacy with Christ as yeah. much to kind of show them how to do that. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's what we do at two or more. A lot of it is like teaching people in church to come and meet and start with waiting on the Lord mm-hmm. and letting the Spirit be the one that informs our intercession. Letting yeah. the Spirit be the one who does that. Meditating on Scripture, letting Scripture sink in and be yeah. a part of the process of praying and intercession. Right. So, uh, so I think that's another key factor in discipling people is teaching them how to wait. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that I think prayer is a lot more caught than it is taught, right? Mm. I've heard you pray a lot, Patrick. I've learned a lot just from praying with you. I really um, appreciate your um, faithfulness in prayer and your listening to the Holy Spirit. And and that's been that's been really impactful, and that's all just learning by being around. And one of the things that we used to say at Papacitos was we want to coach people shoulder to shoulder. Mm. It's like it's always, you know, you can you can tell someone how to, you know, put enough chicken on the grill or, you know, something like that from across the room. It's like, it's a different thing though, when you're coaching that person, like with a pair of tongs in your hand and you're, yeah. putting, and you're putting meat on the grill. Right. And it's the same thing to me. I just want to model it out with people so that way they can actually catch what it is that we're doing and, and that you're going to do everything that you're asking them to do as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is super impactful. You can teach people all day long, but if you don't go with them, if you yeah. don't get on the ground with them, as you said, yes, then if something is lost. There's some power lost and, and the example, the modeling. So, yeah, it's, that's really good. I think it's a good place probably to, to park it. That's really good. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Cool. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for yeah, coming on. We appreciate y'all. Yeah. All right. Next time. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.